0: Do you like free? How about, you guessed it, free beer? As a valued listener, we'd like to bestow upon you just that. Thanks to our good pals at Beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious and painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.Beer52.com forward slash Natter and cover just the postage of £4.95. And, if that wasn't enough... As a listener of the Newcastle Natter, you'll get two extra free beers. So that's ten free beers. Beer 52 are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise, then, that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany. Korea, Belgium, South Africa, California, New Zealand and many more. But they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that you can leave any time. The power is in your hands. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine, Ferment. Which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack is thrown in just to top it all off. Don't like dark beers? Choose the light plan. Easy. Just go to uh, www.beer52.com forward slash natter to get your case free. And don't forget, right now, Newcastle Natter listeners get two extra free beers.
2: Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by, in the studio, live in front of me, Paul Doolan. Hello. And on the phone, in self-isolation, Dave Watson. (coughs) Hello. Hi, Dave. How are you?
3: I'm absolutely fine. For the record, you're not in self-isolation. No, I'm not. Um, Although I'm on the run from the law uh, because... this, morning, uh, this afternoon as I had left work, I picked up some stuff from Sainsbury's, managed to get all the way to my car before realising I hadn't paid for it at all. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> had to go back and um, like, meekly pay for it while two police community support officers were buying, I don't know, a can of iron brew or something beside me. I thought I genuinely was like, oh shit, they're going to nab me.
2: All oh, right. So the, I, thought, I was wondering what. That. Yeah, I was wondering what the end of that story was going to be. I thought it was going to be, and then I got into the car and went home. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> there was there was part of me that was tempted because, like, um, I did get all the way to the car, and I thought going back in to pay for something that you just honestly forgotten to pay for is probably the most embarrassing thing I'll do this week.
2: I think it shows. I think it's. I would almost do that on purpose, just for the kudos. Yeah. I think it shows, it shows you up to be a, a good person. I, I reckon- have a
1: friend who, she didn't need to do it, but would always steal toilet roll. She would, you know, and you clip it onto the bit at the back of the trolley, and she'd go through and do her shopping, pretend she'd forgotten to put it on the thingy belt, for about three years. <laughs> Mad.
2: Was it, do you think it was just the fact that she could get away with it? Yeah, I the, think it was the it was thrill. The, the thrill. We've all been there. Well, there's a lot of people been experiencing the thrill of getting toilet roll yeah. <coughs> in the last few days. Oh, there was a cough, Dave. Dave, I've had a tickly cough, and I want the listeners to, to listen back to previous natters. I've had a tickly cough in every natter since at least December. So, you know...
3: I can't remember a recording a NATO where you haven't had a cough. I like, always
2: genuinely. have, I know, I always have a bit of a cough, which regular listeners will know and will not judge me for, but that cannot be said for uh, people on public transport at the moment. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, it's like, you know, it's like walking around with a sign above me
1: saying, Peter, I <laughs>
0: Which, which is was, a
1: foolish thing to do at the same time. To be fair though, the courts insisted you had that. So <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, I got there so quickly. Um,
2: okay, so um, the, what, what is this podcast about again? It's about Newcastle. Okay. It's about football, right? Okay, Newcastle United yep. uh, Football Club. Uh, since our lad, last podcast, which was, I don't know, the, the regularity that we do them Two weeks uh, ago. It was, it was two weeks, about, I don't know, about 800 deaths ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> <That was rough. laughs> we'll make a decision as to whether we should edit that out or no, not.
1: No, keep it in. Oh, Jesus Christ. History needs this as a document <laughs> of how quickly the virus <laughs> spread. Yeah, okay, well, like,
2: we'll document it. The question is, will there be another Natter in two weeks' time?
1: Who knows? We're still doing our Live from Palermo podcast, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. Me and Paul are like... Uh... Yeah, anyway,
2: right. So, fucking football, right. <laughs> the last netto nat- <laughs> nat- that we did, I don't remember how many results ago that was. Two results do- ago. Well, if it was two results ago, then it was two fantastic results ago. It's it's not been a bad uh, week or so, has it, Dave?
3: No, it's been good. I mean, even in the the Burnley game because it was Burnley, the West Brom and Southampton game. Oh, All three years since guess. Guess. The because um, Bruce made some changes to the to the lineup and switched to four at the back and I don't know, just played with a bit more impetus, a bit more attacking verve, and we looked better against Burnley, although we couldn't get the win. Um, and then certainly against West Brom we looked good until the, I don't know, 61st minute when Almiron went off. And against Southampton, I think that's... is. Could it be said it's the best we've played all season? Which it's not a particularly high bargain. We that or no the West Ham
1: game, I would say. But it's the yeah. most possession we've had, surely. What about the Man U game at home? That was pretty fucking good, I thought. That's a I good think it was game, a good, but it's not the best we've played, I'd say. I thought we played yeah, very well. I think enough. it's... Yeah. Yeah, I would agree it's with that. It's the first time in a long time we've controlled a game. Yes. Uh,
2: so, uh, West Brom. Let's go through uh, the West Brom FA Cup game. Fuck uh, Burnley. That was boring. The West Brom FA Cup game. We went 3-0 up. Yeah. I mean, I'd, yeah. I should have probably checked this. When was the last time we went 3 and 0 up and who was in the charts
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh was it was Eiffel 65 and Blue
1: you might be right Kieran Dyer Lauren Robert too I think yeah. <laughs> um
3: did you did you guys well
1: I know I know Paul
3: you watched the entire match
1: yeah um, it was on the red button but slightly delayed it was a weird
2: one yeah I was only able to watch the second half when it all went to shit. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I think we all were a little surprised, surely, by how um, comfortable a situation we were able to get ourselves in. And then perhaps yeah, unsurprised I mean... by how uncomfortable we were able to make it by the yeah. end.
1: Yeah, it felt very unlike us to considering we'd come up against Oxford and I always forget who the team was before Rochdale. I mean, Rochdale. I always think it's Rotherham. And made really hard work of that, and then being three nil up just in, at the start of the second half, you think this feels very un Newcastle. What are we going to yeah. do to rectify that? I, I mean, mean to did. put it
3: into context, it was West Brom. I think I can't remember how many changes West Brom made, but it was a very changed West Brom side. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was uh, Chris Brunt and Gareth Barry were not at the races at all Um, and we had the run of the the centre of the park I thought to to their credit I thought um, the forward line did very very well uh, against West Brom Um, lots of movement lots of interchanging of passes and I mean the
1: new formation has just changed like you look at a heat map of our games now Mm. and we're actually in the opposition box more than once
3: yeah, and that, that was something I noticed that when we were attacking, it wasn't just um, like St. Maximin and Almiron in the box. You, you were seeing the midfielders and, and bloody hell, you saw Joe Linton in the box a couple of times.
1: Yeah.
3: So we were attacking in numbers and we didn't look overawed at the back, but then again, it was West Brom's reserve. So put that in, like, like I say, you got to put that into context. But I think the only reason that um, that they got back into the game is because when they made a switch, it was not long after we took Almiron off and they brought on uh, an attacking midfielder who does play a lot. Uh, I can't remember his name. It's like Karanović or Kavanovic. I, I can't remember. But he really changed like Almiron's departure and this guy's um, introduction really changed the game. It, they were playing much more on the front foot, and we we were just dropping further and further and further back, and just inviting pressure. I think part of it is that we're not used to being three nil up. Um, yeah. I do remember that at three uh, nil, Dwight Gale uh, broke with Joe Linton, and they had a chance to 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 wrap up the game. You know, four nil, even with the, the the guys introduction, we'd be much more comfortable. Their heads would drop, and the game over. But Gail spurned that chance, and then it was you know three one, three two, and very very nervy end to it.
2: I feel like I've I've and I take full responsibility for this, guys, as uh, the host of uh, the Newcastle. Latter. I feel like I've overlooked the, the, the headline here, which is that we're in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Yeah, Paul, mm-hmm. who was in the charts the last time we <laughs> were in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup? It
1: would have been two thousand and or 2004 the year we had Manu in the semis so i'm gonna say stereophonics would have been there or thereabouts i was in a taxi the other day oh
2: <laughs> clang <Yeah>. <laughs> clang <laughs> <laughs> and uh and, someone's uh, earning a radio station i wouldn't normally listen to was on uh, the radio let's just say and um the, the Stereophonics had won Best Band at some awards, only <laughs> the night before. I was like,
1: stereo like, do they still exist? I didn't know there was still a going concern, but if you're listening, lads, keep well done. I'm glad you, you, you beat cast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, it's it's been a long time since we've been in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. I mean, yes, it, we've had a pretty easy... Uh, yeah. Not out. anymore, though. We've drawn Man City. At we've home. drawn Man City, but I, I believe whatever uh, you you feel about the the current regime and the um, the current uh, management, it's 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 a it's a very good moment for Newcastle United Football Club. Am I wrong, Dave?
3: No, you're right. I, I think it's a great achievement to get to the the quarterfinals in the FA Cup. And yeah, yes, we've had a, an easier run. To that quarterfinal than than a lot of teams, but then, you know, we've got there. You can only beat what's in front of you, and we have done. I mean, yes, it's taken us a couple of attempts to get rid of the League One opposition, and the you know, the the reserves that we played against West that they played uh, that West Brom played against us. Fine, it doesn't matter though because we're in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup against Man City, who before us, I think it's before us, they've got. Real Madrid, and after us, they've got the Liverpool game, or it's the other way around. So either way; it, those are two big games. That even if they, even if they're going to take the FA Cup seriously, and they're, they're I mean, they're still going to want to take the Champions League seriously because they, they won't, you know, play a weak side against Real Madrid, and they'll want to take the game against Liverpool seriously because even though they're twenty-something points off the title, and you know, the the, the title's gone. They'll still want to put in a good performance against the best team in the league at the minute, so it could be that they field a, a rotated side with with maybe Phil Foden instead of David Silva or, or however they line up. It will be a changed side. So and it's a knockout competition, and we've got like you know players who can on their day score absolute worldies in Alan St. Maximin and John Joe Shelby. So I'm not. I'm not as negative as a lot of people, I think in a knockout competition you've always got a chance
2: and we if in the last couple of years we've had a few good performances against very good sides. Our best performances have been against sides that we shouldn't really be doing well against
3: yeah definitely
2: so i mean we we're, we're a a club that's um that's sort of built around uh you know
1: Uh, I wonder if we'll go back to five at the back against Man City because that is where we've looked quite decent against them. I'm not sure if I want us to or not. I think with their technical midfielders, we could be easily overrun. But my my main worry is I think we'll probably get to an FA Cup final and it will be played at an empty Wembley and it will just take the sheen off. (laughs) But that would be a nice problem to have. It would be
2: interesting. I was wondering whether to talk about this because it, it's so much speculation. Like, who the fuck knows what's going to happen mm. in the next few weeks in, uh, in football or in our own lives? Well, I think
1: there's a strong chance that even the quarterfinal against Man City might not have a crowd there. You, I mean... It- Paul, just, just before we started recording,
2: Paul found out that the Chelsea-Bayern-Munich game is going to be played behind yeah. closed doors and that's between two countries that at the moment aren't at the sort of peak of the... Of the we're talking about the coronavirus here, guys. Um, so, I mean... I mean, you know, who the fuck knows what's going to happen in the rest yeah. of this season? But it seems like to talk about Oh, what side of Manchester City are going to be playing in the Champions League? And I understand we don't have any other way of talking about these things, but like, there's so many variables; it's absurd. Yeah. And if and if there's one silver lining, I hope it's that we win a cup. <laughs> 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 I
1: mean, I don't know. It's it could it could kickstart the nation. <laughs> Begin the healing process. It's it's such a weird situation. I mean,
2: just as a sidetrack for a moment, uh, I was thinking today about Liverpool. All these years waiting to get that league, and now so far ahead, <laughs> it feels
1: like it's quite possible that the season might be declared void. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the reassuring thing is. I would say there's a strong argument for just saying either end the season now and the table stays as it is, in which case we're safe and you just have a a mini cup at the start of next season. I think the funny thing is we would be like... I think we would be totally fine with that. As Newcastle fans, we'd be like, great. Villa would be worried, but then they have got a game in hand so they could escape relegation in one game. But Liverpool... Liverpool, (laughs) Liverpool would
2: just be... It would just be... If they couldn't go on to win again next season,
1: it would just always be like, yeah, oh, yeah, but that time you did win it, you didn't really win it, did you? <laughs> it would be awful to see a lot of disappointed scouses. It, yeah, it
0: would really that would, hurt. That would be the and worst, would be the worst about thing that.
2: about it. That would be the worst thing about it. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably get off that subject because we don't know what we're talking about. There's a lot of misinformation out there, and I'd like, like to I've... think that there's no one out there... Uh, Getting their information from the Newcastle Netter. But for <laughs> anyone out there for whom this is their primary news source, uh, I'll just say um, follow the guidelines. Uh, but we're in a cup quarter final. We're in a cup quarter and that final. that doesn't happen often. And that doesn't happen often. And that is a good thing. And we won our last week league game. Uh, yes. It was against uh, who was it against, Dave? I was just testing you. I actually watched it. I happen to know that neither of you did. (laughs) But I was prepared to ignore my child and watch that game.
3: (laughs) So you watched it and you couldn't remember who it was? I knew who it was, Dave.
2: I was just testing you.
3: Right. You, You thought of all the people on this podcast to test about the fixtures, I was the one she used to test.
2: Yeah, well, you know. And yes, you may have been the one who was like, "Oh, game! we were doing all right in the game until about the 61st minute when <laughs> Albaron came off. <laughs> yes, uh, we played uh, Southampton. Uh, from what you know of that game, not having watched it, Dave, you've seen the, si- the highlights, and I know you've poured over the stats. Tell me what happened. <laughs>
3: um, it was... I tell you like from all the highlights that I saw, and I was just following it on you know on on Twitter and stuff like that because I couldn't couldn't watch it myself. Um, we played really well. Um, the, the the pressing on Shelby did not exist in the first half, and he was able to spray. He just stretch the play, control the play. He he was man of the match in the first half. Second half, his um, his influence waned a lot because they they did start. You know, closing them down a lot more. I mean, obviously the game changed uh, for Southampton when the, the left winger Gineppo, was sent off, and it was you know it was early on; it was only half an hour into the game. But um, to even even at that stage, we'd had several good chances that uh, the Dwight Gale. I don't know. He got on the end of it, he didn't. He didn't finish well at all, and there was that memorable uh, triple save from McCarthy from Gale and then twice from Almiron. you know we were on top and we were we were creating good chances and we were stretching them around even before they got the man sent off and as soon as the man sent off they just retreated into their into their half and made it very difficult for us to get through but even after that we were still causing them problems and um I mean, did, you, you've obviously seen the the red card. I don't think that's controversial at all. I know it went to VAR, but I think VAR did its job. You had a look at it. Yeah,
1: um, it's a red card.
3: Yeah, no,
2: I, I concur. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that was a red card. Um, I'm trying to remember. There was. It felt like uh, wasn't there one yeah. of ours who stuck his boots into uh, one of their chests? Monkey-o. Yeah, but it was yeah. he was sort of pulling out. It was an unfortunate thing, but I could have understood if that had ended up being a red card, but you know, I have bias, but I think it's probably the right decision for it not to be.
1: Like I think VAR went our way in this game, but rightly so.
2: I think that the, the Southampton fans uh watching it live, they felt like uh everything was everything was against them. Which is mm. you know what you can get as uh, fans sometimes when, you know, it's a lot of marginal decisions that are actually being made correctly. But mm. it is against you. For example, the penalty, Paul. Yeah, which we all I mean assume agree was a penalty. It's point. definitely a handball. And uh, Matt Ritchie, I mean, were you visualising in your head a, a corner flag being kicked a minute later? Yeah, I thought. Sort of, I can't figure out if it was a bad penalty or not. I don't oh, think oh, it was a bad penalty. It wasn't it, a. Uh, it wasn't in the top. 10th percentile of penalties it wasn't like a brilliant
1: unsavable penalty i remember his penalty against man city when we beat them last season or season before was a much worse penalty that still went in i think it was it was it was you know it was a very good save
2: the keeper went the right way and it was a good save but we do have a terrible record at penalties we never get penalties and i think we've now
1: missed like four of our last six potentially yeah i guess this could be a sign of the change in formation and system that we've got now we're so much more attacking we may start to see more penalties if yeah, the last few games are representative of How which we're means it up. would be handy to get someone who can score them <laughs> <laughs>
0: i yeah. bet you, you know, you know what, oh i bet God, fabian i
2: know mean, this is a massive hypothetical because you know we're unlikely to get another penalty this decade but I bet
1: F- F- Fabian Shah can hit a good pen. Yeah, I, I can't see him starting a game for as well. We've got four at the back, though. Uh, bring him on. I'd have thought Dwight Gale would have been our penalty taker. Yeah,
2: but it feels like Dwight Gale has not played a lot of football recently.
1: That felt very telling in the game. And, he had uh, several good chances.
2: Yeah, his his yeah. if he has one... Good thing about his game, Dave, it's finishing, and that was uh, that's been missing in the last couple
3: of games. Am I right? I, th- I think you're... the best the best thing about Dwight Gale is his movement, and yeah, he, in the championship, he gets a lot of goals. I think at this level, he he needs more chances than than most to put one away. I, d- I don't think he's I don't think he's good enough for the Premier League. I know that I know that two or more. Um, more supportive of him than I am. I think. All
0: right,
3: all right. right. Now
0: go, no, go
2: <laughs> on, go
3: on. I just think that uh, he... I don't know, the, the chances that he spurned against uh, against Southampton, had, um, had Joe Linton been on the end of them, I think one of them would have gone in. And I don't think Joe Linton's a great finisher. But I, think I
1: would... I would argue that Joe Linton wouldn't have been on the end of any of oh, those no, chances. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely it, at it, that
2: point, yeah. You might but be right, but yeah, it's, we've got...
1: <laughs> we've got, got, got a real Sophie's choice in okay, strikers. Yeah,
2: yeah, we've got one striker who can, at the moment, get in a number of positions
1: but not finish, and another striker who is, you know... There is a caveat to that, though. The one who can't finish at the minute has only just come back from a very long layoff. I think Dwight Gale... Though he's not proved it in the Premier League, has proved that if he gets enough chances he will score. Joel Linton has been fit all season and has shown he can't see those positions. I'm glad to see Dwight Gale back involved
2: and um, you know we only have the options that we have and But um, then I
3: think uh, I think this switch to the new formation, like you say, is gonna create a lot more chances. And if if Dwight Gale needs two or three games to get, you know, to find his shooting boots then we've got ten games left till the end of the season. He is, he's in. He, if if we continue to play this way against teams around us and below us, then I fancy him to get you know five yeah. or six goals. Definitely, um, he, he is a, a poacher who feeds on um, on uh, on chances. And with Alan Saint-Max, man, Almiron, Shelby, I think we'll create them. I, I really do. I think I wasn't expecting us to be very good at the back uh, with four at the back but we look okay i thought we were going to get overrun in midfield and yes they were a man down but i don't think we were overawed against burnley and i don't think we were overrun against west brom and i don't think we were overrun against southampton either so i'd i'd fancy us to get the um the points that we we need to stay up but also i fancy us to get fancy us to get some some surprising results if if the players in form stay in form
2: Okay, so uh, two uh, game reviews in a row I've uh, forgotten to lead with the headline uh, and in this game it uh, was uh, St
1: Maximan's terrific performance and goal. Enjoyable, Paul? Yes. It's He is looking more kind of Ben Arthur-esque every game and it's, they even pointed out on Match of the Day it's that sort of skill you don't see anymore of just someone willing to take a player on and it is i think newcastle especially takes to that kind of player i think we take to it and yeah to a fault yeah
2: i think we really enjoy it but also the squad we have the quality we have we really uh value it
1: yeah because we're
2: not going to string together uh 15 passes we're not going to string together six or seven passes to create a goal mm. very often. So having that that sort of individual brilliance is very handy am I right Dave?
3: Yeah, I mean the, the goal is the goal that he set up um in, in against West Brom in the cup where he's got two men on him goes to ground but he bundles his way back up. Bursts past a couple of players and puts a, a cracking ball through for Almiron to get on the end of. Um, that kind of skill, yeah, like you say, haven't seen it since Ben Arthur. And St Maximum's getting a lot of um, um, uh, comparisons between him and Adama Traore. And I think that if if um, St Maximum can progress as Adama Traore has in a couple of seasons, we could have a really, really good player on our hands because he's quick. He's got um, he's got great feet, and he he can score from from far out. I would love watching him play. Um, I don't mind that he's not great defensively. Um, I don't I don't really care about that because he, like you say, the value that he provides this team is his ability to to. To unlock an opposition defence, which we don't have the the players to do. But and I think as well, he's not
1: like left... a, he's not like a Janola. It's not like he won't defend. He does put quite a good shift in as well. He does yeah. a lot more run than you'd expect for a player who's as good at dribbling as he is. Well, I thought, I for one look forward to seeing him come off the
2: bench for Everton next season. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think yeah, I think that is a, a, an issue. Is that if he has if he can like for the rest of the season does does really well for us. I could see Tottenham coming in for him, or Wolves, or Leicester, someone like that. You know, I, mean,
2: which, I guess that the thing that I don't know might knock down his value would be his seeming injury susceptibility. But if you put that aside, mm. I mean, what did Richarlison go for? Forty million? No, didn't he
3: Was it? I felt like it was more than that, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it might be more, but it was at least forty. And maybe, yeah, yeah, he'd
2: probably made a bigger. A Joe Linton, yeah. I mean, if Joe Linton is worth, yeah. (laughs) But basically, we need to find. I mean, from a financial point of view, and this is not what I want to happen. We, if we can find another Newcastle United, (laughs) then maybe he could go for seventy million. Um, uh, I'm going to go for a break now. Okay, we had some good news in the last couple of days, uh, depending on how you see it. Uh, Three of our players have uh, received new contracts. Unfortunately, uh, not the Longstaff brothers. Dave, who were those players?
3: Richie and Shelby have got three-year deals. Um, I think Shelby had like 18 months left on his contract, so he'll be about... 31, when it finishes. Richie will be 33, and it was announced that that um, Federico Fernandez has had the option to extend his contract by a uh, year uh, um, used, so he'll be here for another year. And I think Fernandez, I'm fully behind. I think he's he's played well. Another year, uh, I think it's I think it's, there's no harm in that at all. I like the idea of Richie um, having an extension to the to his contract because I think he's done very well the only reason I would extend Shelby's contract is so that when we sell them in the summer we get more money from
1: him Paul Uh, I mean at the start of the season I would have agreed on Shelby, I think we all thought his sort of days were numbered but is he still our top scorer and we especially with this formation we look so much stronger with Shelby than without him he's the only sort of creative Outlet that we have that can sort of start moves. So I think he seems like a crucial player to us at the minute if we're going to play without Lejeune and Longstaff. We sort of thought might fill in that role, Sean Longstaff, that is, but has done nothing this season. Yeah, I would say for our, I mean, the Longstaffs haven't
2: signed contracts, which is worrying Sean Longstaff's still got another year I think at least okay but still you know that it's sort of worrying for the long time long term future but uh I would say that I'm I'm definitely not Shelby's biggest fan but we are I think when you are a club like us who are in relegation battles and don't tend to spend money and when we do spend it badly uh Getting rid of a player or allowing a player to go who does
1: have that ability to to uh, provide quality is yeah he's nice. going to run he's hot and cold roof. usually, but when he's hot he is hot I think that's because I think the Southampton game showed that
3: he can he can string you know have the opposition on strings for one half and then the second half. All he needed to do was take the game by the scruff of the neck a bit, and didn't do it. And his, like I say, his influence just waned. He's too inconsistent for me, and he doesn't provide um, a lot of energy in the middle of the park. Um, I think essentially we're playing with, trying to give him like almost like a free rein in the in the center of the park. And because he has the ability to pass 60, 70 yard balls to feet, he does tend to drop deeper, and that pulls our entire um, team deeper as well. So I th- we were trying to sign some midfielder in January for 40 odd million million, which says to me that there's um, they've certainly got an eye on the future for that position. Um, I'm hoping it's to replace John Joe Shelby rather than let Sean Longstaff go for nothing because for all he hasn't had a good season, I think a lot of that is a hangover from the injuries that he's had. Um, I think he's a he's a good young player, but some it's, some it's not right with him at the minute. I hope they do sign them both up But yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd still get rid of Shelby. You know? I still and
1: think with I... Shelby though, he's probably been, if not our best player, then one of our best players this season. So he's he's earned the new contract. I, yeah, I would I would say that
2: it's a everything's a risk, but it, it might work as a good sort of insurance policy just to, uh, I you know. I hope, that, yeah, the, I hope that signing well, those three players isn't a sign that we're saying we can now uh, build the club around those three players.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. But I, th- I, think, I tell you what I is interesting. Sense is
3: that sorry, I was just saying that what is interesting is that they're all going to be over thirty, and for a club who who you know famously wants to sign young players with resale value, not one of them is going to have resale value. Um, in a couple of seasons, so it's interesting to see us seemingly add experience or keep experience in, in the club. Um, something that Rafa Benitez was fighting for, that Houghton valued, the you mm. know, throughout throughout the like all the way that like Keegan, one of his first signings was to Klein because he knew that we needed experience. So it's interesting that it's taken sort of like twelve years for Mike Ashley to to come around to the idea that actually keeping keeping older players for all they might not have the legs of the young young lads and they might not have the the resale value they they have value to the club
1: I think it's not completely new because we did with Colaccini for quite a while I think the thing with Ashley is just he won't spend big on old players Mm -hmm. but keeping them seems to be a different max you look at these deals and think why on earth didn't we sign Rondon then I think it's just the transfer fee that stopped that happening so, um,
2: I'll have a quick look at Twitter before we go. Uh, David Stratton says we were much improved. Credit to Bruce for changing it to attacking uh, an attacking formation, a formation he said the players couldn't play. So, credit with a side of caution uh, for Bruce. Shelby and Gale really make the difference. A sharp Gale grabs a hat-trick, so we're safe too. Okay, big words from David Stratton, but he says... Uh, that we are now safe. Uh, Thomas Burkan, if we win the Cup, will Dave Watson admit that Steve Bruce is the greatest Newcastle manager of the <laughs> last 50 years? It will be a fact at that point,
3: right, Dave? No. It wouldn't it? No, that's a ridiculous <laughs> thing. No, Thomas, no. Self-isolate. I think
2: that that was a, a, a tweet with a side of uh, sarcasm, but, you know... Uh, I think I saw that you put out some questions, Dave, but your yeah. questions were very sort of yes, no. So the responses are very much, I'm not going to read them out because they're all just basically no, no, yes, no. <laughs> but what I will say is, and I'm, I'm happy to admit that uh, those that replied to you tended to be on uh, your side of the argument when it comes to Steve Bruce. Uh, so that's because they're on Twitter and not in the real world they're right. not living in the real world mate whereas
1: us living in the real world and seeing uh, two victories yeah I mean the thing to remember with Bruce all the, it's not, he's not suddenly an amazing manager because we've managed to beat Rochdale, Oxford and West Brom getting to a cup quarterfinals is good but it's only as good as the teams you beat to get there that's true
3: and the performances that you put in on yeah. route I mean, yeah. It, it, look, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to criticise him for getting us to the, the the FA Cup quarter final.
2: I mean, that would be an amazing move. <laughs> that, would, that,
3: would just that would be phenomenal. that would be
2: pure Dave Watson, and this yeah. is. This is like such an idiom- idiotic move when we're in a relegation battle for him to get us into
1: the quarterfinals of, of the <laughs> cup where we have extra, extra games. That is such irresponsible. A foolish, is an irresponsible, foolish move. To actually pick strong teams for the first time in 10 years or whatever in the FA See, Cup. See, Raffi would never pick a strong team in the FA Cup and
2: that is why he's a good man. <laughs> man, fuck y'all. <you> <laughs> and... No, yeah, no, fair, fair play, yeah, fair play, guys, fair play. <laughs> okay, uh, what else have we got now? Uh, we've got uh, Andy Walsh. Uh, he says, "Does not going down this season only prolong the agony?" Bruce's record tells us he's a master of mediocrity. Could there be cabbages before Christmas? I don't know what that last. I don't sentence, know what the last of it. I don't Is know, it know what that last question. It I mean, that feels like when, some
1: Soviet spy talk. That was no, <laughs> could, when, there be, know, could there be? Could there be cabbages before Christmas? <laughs> when Bruce
3: was at Aston Villa, the um, the Aston Villa fans uh, threw cabbages. Oh uh,
1: okay. all right, all right, smart. It sounds more like a. <laughs> we now return you to today's radio play: cabbages before Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Could
2: there be cabbages before Christmas? Tabitha.
1: <laughs> I say it sounds awfully like there's going to be cabbages before Christmas this year. Okay, got Better to... tighten our belts. <laughs>
2: we've got a show title.
3: Um <laughs> yeah. I think I I think Andy Walsh, Andy Walsh just needs to look just we're likely staying up. We're in the, the FA Cup quarter final. You you gotta Yes, there are problems at the football club. But just enjoy this moment, because fuck knows they don't last. And there'll be some, something to be really upset about in a couple of weeks. So I'm just going to enjoy two wins on the bounce, FA Cup quarterfinal. And yeah, let's, let's just be happy with yeah, that. Yeah,
2: eh? I'll support you in that endeavour, Dave, because you know Andy, Andy Walsh follows up with going down, uh, going down to help with removing Ashley staying up evidently doesn't and that you've got yourself into a real catch 22 as a football fan mm. if uh, you are upset when you lose games and you're also upset when you win games because it, it might
1: keep the status quo I think you've got wrongly to allow as well. yourself yeah I think wrongly if we've been down with Ashley twice and it's not got rid of him you've got yeah yeah, yeah that that there's that very important piece
2: of information and if we're going to be on this journey of following, uh, of, of following the football and, and Newcastle United. You've got to allow yourself moments of joy. or Otherwise, what's the point? Take up another hobby. You've got to, like, sure. that. yes, the big picture is we're all agreed pretty much to a man in, as a fan base that the, the regime is terrible
1: and we want it to end. Mm. But, you know. But if you'd offered me at the start of the season pretty much safe... By March, in an FA Cup quarter final, and with a new left winger who can beat people for fun—that's all I want out of a season. It's fine. Enjoy, the, in, yeah. Enjoy
2: these weeks. Enjoy these moments. Enjoy the odd players that you have who are provide moments of uh, of joy. You know, enjoy it, guys. <laughs> We've not got long left. It could be <laughs> cabbages before Christmas. Um, and uh, finally, Bedford Mag says uh, I'll keep quiet this week let someone else use the 280 characters and i fear that Bever mag there feels that he's been uh, chastened in previous pods about his uh, l- um long contributions to the show and i'd just like to say we very much uh, appreciate them we do so uh, we do so you know continue to uh, be involved and that goes to the rest of you guys be involved in uh, the Newcastle
1: matter. Be involved in uh, the lives of your family and friends. <laughs> because and for goodness sake, make sure you have cabbages before Christmas. Well, no,
2: no, this is down. No, no, we don't want cabbages
1: before <laughs> Christmas. Right. This is the thing.
2: That's, cabbages are coming. They're a bad thing. We don't want that. Okay. And, uh, and, and with that, I, I will leave you. Thank you very much, Dave.
3: Yeah, I think it'll be nil-nil against Sheffield United. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: Good. Always
1: bringing it back to football, aren't you? Thank you very much, Paul. <laughs> Sheffield United prediction. Uh, thank you. I think we're going to win 1-0. Yeah.
2: And uh, I'll say uh, nil-nil as well. All right, I think nil-nil is a damn good prediction. And like I say, you know, it's a uh, great times to be supporting us. <laughs> Nil nil. All right. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. 18 plus.